Hello. I'm I'm back. Guess who's back? Shady's back. (laughs) (laughs) Tell a friend. Tell a friend. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back. My co-host, my host, co-host, co-host, Marie Adoranti. And um, Cody didn't even bother me this week with asking if we're recording. He's over it. He's in the well still. I'm so upset. I don't know if you listened to our last episode, but he fell down a well, which you put him in. Oh, no. Yeah. So sorry, Cody. I haven't listened to the latest episode yet. I'm still catching up. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my grand return. Uh, first, thanking Cody for for stepping up and taking my place and for um, co-hosting and making everyone laugh. But I also want to discuss something um, that I was really upset about. Okay. Um, you know, this is a podcast that I created and. Uh, I will not stand for Taylor Swift or Travis Barker slander on this on this podcast. Listen, you gave you gave up the reins. I'm, it was all you know at that point. The creative freedom was all on us. You know, yeah, I should have known. I should have known, known better. There was only a very small window of opportunity to take advantage of slander for Taylor Swift and Travis Barker, so we took it. Yeah, I saw. I heard. Yeah. You know? And uh that's okay. Mama's back. Mama's back. So welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. We are back, guys. Hometown haunts episode with Marie and Nicolina. And um we got a couple we got some Patreon stuff to mm-hmm. go over, finish off uh one from a few weeks ago. And we've got some Reddit paranormal stories and uh a story from us celebrity. So yeah. we got it all. Pretty much, Pretty yeah. much. We've got a whole mishmash here today. Yeah. Very excited. A lot happening. So <laughs> do we want to get right into the stories? Do we want to talk about maybe like, I know we mentioned Comic-Con uh, on our last episode. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll go into a little bit more details on that. Yeah. Um, so Marie and I will be attending Comic-Con in Toronto on March uh, 20th. We have, we'll be at the the booth for the shows, Sonar shows. And I will be walking around on the Saturday, so the 19th, just like chilling and Mm -hmm. signing autographs with (laughs) Cody Crane. I'm actually just going to be signing Cody Crane's autograph. So he just needs backup. He won't be able to handle the influx of of requests. And I'm going to go, but you guys won't see me on the Saturday. I'm just going to be crawling around under the booths and... (laughs) Tickling people's legs. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna tickle nope. people's legs, Ooh. and then and then scurry away before they can see. Me. <laughs> no, I'm not going on the Saturday, but I will be there on Sunday. Yeah, so I won't. I don't know if I'll be there Friday. I'm I'm gonna try and get there for a couple hours, but I won't be there for dur- for dur- during the day because I I work. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it goes till seven, so I might mm-hmm. might he- head over there if I if I take a half day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have some fun merch, uh, at the show, uh, at Comic-Con. So you can look forward to that. It's not the same, like, you can still go to the Sonar store to get, like, our t-shirts and our, um... Sweatshirts. Sweaters, yeah, sweatshirts, and our baby onesie, and then the baby onesies. <laughs> but uh, at at the Comic Con, we are going to have some cute little uh, paranormal inspired jewelry and um, some like Stickers. astrology esque stuff mm-hmm. and then yes we're gonna also have our stickers which no one has seen yet yeah brand new stickers brand new stickers um and our faces are kind of on it mm-hmm. well we've been teasing these as stickers they for are a like very two long year time stickers. yeah yeah <laughs> that we've well, been created two years ago make. but never yeah. got them done so <laughs> we finally got these stickers and uh we'll be doing that and then after it after the after comic-con we'll probably be opening up all of that merch onto um either a patreon store or um we'll decide where we're gonna actually list it but Mm -hmm. uh we'll be opening that up to 
everyone, because we know not everyone of our listeners can attend Toronto Comic Con. <laughs> no, no, uh, unprecedented so yeah. times. So <laughs> look forward to those items hitting one of our channels. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll we'll announce where it actually is formally when it's ready. So yeah, that's what's going on with that. And other than that, I think that we can get into the stories. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'll start with the follow up from our Patreon. Yeah. It just makes the most sense, I think. Yes. So, uh, Destiny, i sorry I cut your story short the last time. I didn't want it to affect your reading with, um, with Lauren when you ended up going. I think you're going this month, if not have already gone, but we were doing like basically love readings and I didn't want her to have like a pre- conception about you before you had that reading so she said um basically uh this was her this is the last story she provided but in april 2021 a lifelong friend passed away we grew up together and we were we were each other's first boyfriend girlfriend first date first kiss first heartbreak you know the works we had remained friends into adulthood He was a young, healthy guy with no underlying health conditions that we knew of. One morning, he woke up to go to the bathroom and suddenly had a stroke. His fiance found him and called an ambulance. He was in ICU on life support for five days, had multiple brain surgeries, and was not showing any improvement. The family decided to withdraw care. The family called me while he was in the hospital and allowed me to come say my goodbyes. This was pretty heart-wrenching for me. I was thankful they allowed me to come, though. After he passed, I had multiple dreams about him, as if he had survived the stroke and was in rehab working on walking. Each time I would walk into the gym, he would get the biggest smile and yell my name. We would talk about our friends and family. Then, at the end of the dream, he would look at me and nod as if he was saying, This isn't real, but I'm okay. What is even crazier is although I had not seen or even talked to him much for a year or so before he passed, one night, maybe two weeks before he passed, I had a super weird dream that he was in. He actually ended up killing me by shooting me in the back of the head at the end of my dream. It was really random, but part of me wonders if this was some sort of premonition. Sorry, yeah, I know I can't come here without writing you a book. Love, love, love you guys. Thank you for giving us an outlet for all this stuff. You guys are fantastic. And Cody literally had me dying every time I listen. I think I might be a ghost now. (laughs) I can't wait to hear your thoughts on my paranormal account. Stay spooky. Um, And so I actually spoke to Destiny because she had said about her current boyfriend. She asked Lauren if he was going to pass early on in life. Mm -hmm. And Lauren was like, why is she asking this? And she said three of her past boyfriends all died unexpectedly. And she thinks that she is a curse. curse, Oh my goodness. No, Destiny. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know about the dreams. I feel like may. I feel like you maybe thought that they're like because she had a dream two weeks before he passed mm-hmm, and she, mm-hmm. he hadn't been in her dreams before. Obviously, I think that you're an intuitive person yeah. and probably felt that there was something going on there. Like mm-hmm. that's my only I don't think it has it's a premonition about you and being like shot, which I just think that I just think that maybe it was you could feel a sense of foreboding. Yeah, probably coming. that I think so, too. So that's my that's my take on on that dream because I've had those types of dreams where I've someone's had I've had a dream about somebody and then something has happened with that person and I'm like I knew there was something going on with that person but don't know why didn't have any interactions with them but um and in terms of him being in your dream and like showing you like going to the gym you know you know maybe coping with the fact that he's passed and that's how you're coping with it is Um, wishing that he was actually able to recuperate and, yeah. and that be seems. here. But maybe with him saying to you in the dream that he's fine, mm-hmm. that's him like just letting you know he's fine. Yeah, I think I th- I think it might just be like like him doing a normal everyday activity, showing you yeah. that I'm f- that yeah things are fine. Yeah, like for I'm sure. good. For sure, I think that's probably more. 
yeah what it was but yeah I think that that's probably I mean um Lauren said that she was very intuitive given her Mm -hmm. other uh stories that she provided about her grandmother um and so I think that this is just maybe just another you know you coping but also him saying I'm fine yeah yeah for sure but yeah wow Anyway, that was the Patreon uh, follow-up that okay. I didn't finish. So I'll leave it to you to do a... F- uh, are you going to do the, the celebrity one first? I'm going to do the celebrity one okay. first. Okay. Um, so a celebrity recently went on. Uh, she went on Jimmy Kimmel and uh, talked about her experiences with a ghost. So Courtney Cox, Monica from Friends, and also... Um, Gail Weathers from Scream. Which yeah, and I, I will say Marie and I went to go see Scream together, mm-hmm. which was the first movie I had seen in theater in a while. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, so she is currently starring in a stars comedy called Shining Vale, and she lives in a haunted house there. So that's why she's on why she was on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but then while they're talking about that, she ends up revealing that she also once lived alongside spirits uh, and that she had that and that the spirits were so, so creepy to her that she had Carol King come to do a seance to rid the house of their presence. So Courtney said, I didn't believe it at first, but I lived in this house on Laurel Canyon or in Laurel canyon which is in la and it was gypsy rose lee gypsy rose lee's house so i was like who's that who the fuck is gypsy rose lee because i know who gypsy rose blanchard is Mm -hmm. and so gypsy rose lee was an american burlesque dancer like an old-timey burlesque dancer got it so she goes on to say, Carol King came over to my house and she said that there had been a divorce that was really ugly and there was a ghost in the house. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But other people who would stay there with me, like friends of mine, said that they felt an encounter with a woman who was sitting on the edge of the bed. And I again was like, yeah, whatever. So the two do a seance to contact the ghost. And Courtney admitted that she was just so in awe of um, Carol King that she she didn't really listen to a word of the seance. <laughs> but then she says, uh, then I was at the house one day not being a believer and the doorbell rang and it was a UPS guy or something. And I opened the door and he said, do you know this house is haunted? And I go, yeah, why? Why do you think that? And he said, because there is someone standing behind you. But like who says, who just comes out and says that and like doesn't, give a little bit of like I don't know it's kind of a shock shock right just tell someone that there's a ghost behind them right so then she decides to sell her house yeah so I'm assuming that this UPS guy must have been some type of sensitive he must have been like he was able to see things right and was like yo girl your house is haunted yeah like I don't often see like I see things and yeah. <laughs> and I'm seeing one right someone is now. standing right behind you and I guess Courtney in that Cox scenario been like, I would I don't be... want to know anymore I'm selling my house totally right I guess in that scenario if I was just greeted at the door with by like Courtney Cox and then a ghost beside her <laughs> I might blurt it out yeah like I might just like, think I'm Jesus already, woman like I'm already so shocked it's Courtney exactly Cox. exactly and then I'm also like also there's a ghost right behind you <laughs> madam yeah yeah so she also said that she couldn't sleep there alone ever again after he said that to her. So obviously selling it was a no brainer. And she said, you just don't think of it the same way. And then you start seeing things. Right. You don't know if you're actually seeing things or not at that point. Yeah. You're just your brain is like your mind's playing tricks on you and you're yeah. just being paranoid. And that's it. That's all she had to say about it on Kimmel. Yeah, she got the fuck out of there, though. She sure did. That's fair. Yeah. I am then going to do a Reddit story. Mm-hmm. It's pretty long. Okay. So bear with. So this is from the subreddit uh, Paranormal, and it was posted just five hours ago. So it's pretty, pretty fresh. And I'm not going to read the title because I think that it's giving away some stuff. So I'll always wait till the end. Person says, kind of a long story. It's my first personal paranormal experience from when I was 18 and I moved into a two-story townhouse with a friend I graduated high school with and one of their childhood friends. 
Let's call my high school friend A and their friend B. B had this sketchy boyfriend who acted like a gangster, even though we lived in Montana. (laughs) He was living with us basically as well. B and her boyfriend were also pretty Christian. A Christian gangster. Yeah, that's what I like. (laughs) I can relate from all of the boys that we went to high school with. (laughs) Totally, totally. Uh, Those gold chain crosses and their low-rise jeans or whatever. Not low-rise. They're like... Low-rise uniform pants. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, And their fat farm um, shoes. Yeah. Sneakers. Yeah. Okay. So they were both pretty Christian. They said they never experienced any of the things that A and myself had. So we moved into this townhouse that was built in the early 2000s in January. And we lived there for about six months. When we first moved in, it was super happy in the house. A and I were setting everything up, enjoying living in our own space for the first time. B wasn't super present. They spent most of their time working or in their room watching movies or fighting with their boyfriend. Love it. It wasn't until about a month into living there that a, that separately myself and A started to hear footsteps when we were alone in the house. At first, I thought it was because we were in a townhouse, but quickly realized when we did hear the other side of the house, it was obviously coming from the other side of the wall, which was rarely. I think that they're just saying that they didn't hear footsteps on the other side of the of the wall often. These footsteps sounded exactly like when someone was walking around upstairs or downstairs in our side, depending on wherever you were. The first time I heard them, I was in the living room playing Xbox Home Alone, and I heard the steps start to go from room to room above me. It kind of scared me, so I went upstairs to see if maybe B's boyfriend was there, but all the doors were closed because B had a little dog that would rip your panties apart if you let it in the room. Same. The steps sounded like they were going into each room without any doors opening or closing. Okay. Yeah, not cool. A and I talked about it a lot soon after it started, and it's almost like that attention, knowing that we were talking about it, made more things happen, of course. At night, we started to hear the steps in the hallway outside of our bedroom doors. A and I had rooms right next to each other, and it was the creepiest thing. It sounded exactly like when someone is walking barefoot on carpet. How you can kind of hear the carpet brush against the rough skin of the bottom of your foot. Okay. Um, A would text me late at night when I would be laying in bed, straining my ears listening to these footsteps, asking if I could hear it too. Generally, I'd always text back that I was hearing it as well. It was a nightly thing. I feel like saying until moving into that house, I had a few paranormal experiences that I had written off as a childhood's imag- as a child's imagination because they scared me so much. But with these things, I suddenly felt like I couldn't write anything off like that. It felt too up close and personal and too real. The footsteps started to sound more rushed over time. My room was above the kitchen and I could hear the steps shake things in cupboards at night when it was really quiet. That's fucking creepy. Yeah, that's really fucking creepy. I always knew it wasn't any of my roommates because it was obvious when they'd open their door to walk around for something. Then in March, A and I had a friend over hanging out late one night at the house all alone. B and her boyfriend were at a party. Our buddy didn't drive, so A left to drive him home. I cleaned up a bit and went up to my bedroom. I left the hallway light on upstairs because I'd started to always feel a weird off feeling in there, and it was just a generally dark hallway, especially at night. From my room, I suddenly heard the bathroom door slowly start swinging closed. I was laying in bed, and from the view I had of the hallway, I clearly saw the doorknob peek out against the wall as the door closed. No. Oh my god. Then it slowly swung back open. The sound of that door slowly opening at an agonizing pace will forever be ingrained in my mind. I felt absolute fear because I knew for a fact that I was home alone. The wait for A to come back home was terrible. I sat in my bed frozen until they came up the stairs. I ran out to meet them, feeling confident that it was two of us home now. 
I started to explain what happened and what I saw. I even moved the door slowly open and closed to replicate the creepy sound it made. And then it happened. Standing there mid-sentence telling my story, something started to pound obscenely loud against the wall behind us. We freaked out and ran into my room and closed the door and sat in my bed together in terror until B got home later that night. We were still totally shaken when we told her what happened and she kind of brushed it off. Her boyfriend didn't seem to care too too much either and they went into their room for the night. You know, that pisses me off. Like, <laughs> if, if I had experienced that and my friend brushed it off, I'd be like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. not friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, there's they're really Christian. They may not believe in any sort of... Purgatory or any or maybe they were just so scared of it being like an evil entity that they were like no 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 and it's nothing who knows they're probably just fighting and didn't really want to talk to other people fine that's <laughs> always a possibility they were just over it sure um so reluctantly we went to bed in our own rooms that night and the next day we went outside to look at the part of the house that the sound had come from and there was no mark no damage despite it sounding so destructively loud There wasn't any trees in our yard or the neighbor's yard and no branches or anything on the ground that would indicate something had struck the house to make the sound we heard. We saged the house that week and everything stopped until May. Some roommate drama went down when B told us we had a month to pack up and find a new place because she was moving in with her boyfriend and ending the lease. Now six months later, I totally realized all the tension and anger in the house then gave whatever pounded on the wall that night enough energy to make a full comeback. Ah. Uh, the negativity. It preys on that. Yeah, for sure. Then one day when I was at work, A called me in a panic. Now a bit of background about A. They are by far one of the most grounded, steady-headed people I've ever met. They didn't show much emotion or fear during some of our high school shenanigans, so I knew I was so I knew something was up when they called me. They told me over the phone that they were just in bed watching something with a guy that they had over when both A and their guests noticed that the foot of the bed started to lift up. Oh, God. It slammed down and the guy left after that. Uh, A showed me when I got home that night what it looked like when the foot of the bed was lifted. And I just can't imagine any rational explanation for what would cause something like that to happen. Seriously, like, I can't even, like... (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Trying to even find, like, trying to even think of a rational, exp- I can't, like, I wouldn't even think, I wouldn't even try to think of one. I just like the that rational- the guy was like, fuck this, I'm out Peace of here, out, good luck. <laughs> Not your future husband, by the, the way. The rational explanation is that it is a ghost, ma'am. That yeah, is the rational Something that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Things continued being creepy and loud at night. Then my last night in the house rolled around and the ghost decided to give me quite the send off. Oh, no. A had gotten a job doing trail conservation, so they were on a hike, and B was at her apartment, so I was home alone and holed up in my room for the night because I was a little scared of our ghost. I was trying to fall asleep when I heard the usual footsteps start doing the rounds around the house, and then they went straight to my door and stopped. No. I felt very unnerved by that, but then I heard a soft knock at my door. Fuck. No. Fuck. No. 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 <laughs> the dread I felt in that moment is still the most intense I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. It had never knocked on our doors or anything before. I sure as hell wasn't going to answer. Thank God. I tried to focus on sleeping and ignoring it, but then I literally felt like someone was in my room. No. It felt like a physical presence, and all I could do was lay in bed frozen with my eyes shut tight. I felt the side of my bed shift and press down. No! No! As if somebody had slowly laid down next to me. No. And my heart was caught in my throat. All I could do was lay there. I was too afraid to open my eyes or do anything. I felt like I didn't want to see what was next to me. For a long time, I lay awake feeling the weight next to me. Yeah. It never lifted or went away. Somehow I fell asleep, exhausted by all the fear probably, and when I woke up, there was no one in the room with me. Oh my God. 
After all that, A and I were briefly roommates again a year later and we would talk about our experiences. It kind of felt cool that we had our own haunted house stories. I guess it still does. I always have my 10 cents to give when the paranormal stories start getting swapped. But when it was happening, I was really scared. I kept trying to write things off as my imagination or my house settling or who knows, but just always felt like that what I was experiencing was real. The footsteps were too uncanny. I still hear the way they sounded in my head six years later. That's the story. That's so creepy. And um, the the title was just wrong, I guess. Oh. (laughs) So they edited it and they were like, sorry, Oh, I no. fucked up the title, oh, so okay. just I did. So just didn't no, read no it. need yeah, to read the no title. No need to read it. <laughs> that is too funny. Oh my god, creepy as shit. Yeah, that was that was creepy. Um. Okay. Well, I've got another Reddit story for everyone. Oh wait, I do want to say that was posted by. <laughs> that was posted by Stay Big Chungus. <laughs> Fucking love Reddit. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, well, this one is by Facts Not Fox. So I already <laughs> like you. Um, so uh, basically called my personal ghost stories. My late husband and I met in 1990 at the laboratory where we both worked. Neither of us believed in the paranormal. And in fact, we were both athe- atheists. I still am, but I believe that our consciousness continues after bodily death. Here's what changed my mind. In 1995, my late husband and I moved into our home in Seattle. The house was built in 1926 and had not been renovated at all other than the appliances. A few years after we moved in, I decided we should put an exercise room in the huge basement as our home was too small to put equipment anywhere else. Same. Yeah. Um... She also, I like the way that she breaks this down because she breaks it down into like categories. So first first category we're doing is missing objects. Okay, love this. Yeah, Right. Around the time, around that time, I started to notice that things would go missing and then we would find those things in very weird places. For example, my husband was cooking and I was in the tub. He came in and asked if I had taken the measuring cup. I had gotten into the bath before he started cooking and I had not budged. He said he had it right next to him, had turned away to do something, but when he turned back, it was gone. I got out of the tub, put my robe on, and went into the living room, which was next to the kitchen. My eye caught sight of the fireplace mantle's glass cabinet door, which was ajar. The measuring cup was on the top shelf in the cabinet. I thought my husband was playing some prank on me, but he swore he didn't do it. Keys and small items also started to go missing and then would turn up right where I left them, and sometimes they would turn up in places that made no sense. And then there was the toilet paper. We had several cats. One of them liked to pee on the bath mat. So we religiously kept the door shut. This is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a habit and neither of us... It's had- my life too, but I have no cats. <laughs> Add me or pee on your bath mat. Who said anything about Are you? Admir? <laughs> Listen. It's Cody Crane, actually. I like- <laughs> Fuck you, Cody. Tell me I shit my pants on, on the, the podcast. Door. messaging me about you pooping your pants on Mm -hmm. the podcast just randomly in the middle of the night you just hear pounding at the door it's Cody he's like I gotta take a leak (laughs) I ubered here all the way from Toronto (laughs) to take a leak on your fucking bath I'd take a go bus then a city bus (laughs) (laughs) then I I ran the rest of the way I rented one of those Sobe bikes (laughs) Anyway, where's your bath mat? I gotta take a leak. It's the only place I feel comfortable. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> I digress. So their cat pissed on the bath mat a lot. So so we religiously kept the door shut. It was a habit and neither of us ever left it open. It was muscle memory for both of us. 
But starting around the time we began renovating, every few weeks, sometimes months, I would open the door to the bathroom to find that the toilet paper had been unrolled in a chevron pattern all the way across the floor. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Even if it somehow unrolled on its own, there was no way it would be in a pattern all across the bathroom. No. It was then that we began to to suspect someone was living with us. Next section is La Posada Santa Fe. I met a, I made I made I made a reservation at La Posada in Santa Fe so that we could go there for a long weekend. It was purportedly haunted and I wanted to see if anything similar would happen somewhere else. Now this part still blows me away. One day I came home early from work and flipped on the TV. An episode of Unsolved Mysteries was on and the hotel that I was going to was being featured. The show was at least 10 years old and it was on a channel that I rarely watched. It was about the ghost of La Posada. I was shocked at the coincidence. I was going there that weekend. Right then, my friend calls me and says he's just turned on his TV and it was also on Unsolved Mysteries and was showing my hotel room. He had also come home early and did not watch this channel. We were both dumbfounded at the coincidence. When we went on the trip, all was quiet the first night and I was fine with it, though maybe a little disappointed. We were staying in Julia's room in the main house. So I was confused at first because I was like, how did he know it was her hotel room? Right. And then I realized it's like a famously haunted hotel. And so they have like Julia's room, which must be the room that was being featured on the show. Sure. Um, The property is quite spread out and most of the guest rooms are individual casitas built all over the property. My mom and stepdad had met us there, but they were staying in one of the casitas about 10 minutes away. The main building where we were staying had a restaurant, a bar and a game room on the first level. Guest rooms were on the second and third levels and the hotel had been a grand home built in the mid 1800s by a wealthy merchant named Joseph Stab. Sadly, his wife Julia was mentally ill and really went downhill after the death of one of her children, so she was kept in her room as it was common to do this back then so that the children wouldn't be stigmatized and have their chances at a good marriage jeopardized. Her That's spirit, all that matters. Right? Her, I mean, it was the 1800s. No, totally. We're it lucky was all they that didn't. mattered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, we're lucky they didn't put a fish hook up her nose. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. Her spirit is apparently quite active. On our second night, we were all playing board games and smoking cigars in the game room after dinner. This was directly below Julia's room. A waitress walked by my dad and spilled a drink on him, so my husband said that he would go get one of his own shirts for my dad to change into since my stepdad's casita was a good distance away. My husband left, but then came back less than a minute later. He was very excited and told us we had to come to the room. I grabbed a staff member to come with us just in case. When we walked in, I knew why he was so excited. The room was reeking of rose perfume. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so strong I had to step out to catch my breath. I asked the staff member if anyone had gone into her room and she said no. They weren't allowed to do that unless it was housekeeping, but this was nine o'clock at night. She then told us that Julia gets upset when people smoke cigars and this happens when she smells the smoke. We had been taping the room just in case there was any activity, but we saw nothing. Nobody else had entered the room since we had gone downstairs for dinner. Wait, so I'm a little confused. This woman sure. says that she's atheist and doesn't believe in ghosts, but she's actively taping like a room and going right? to a place that's haunted. So I feel like she does. She thinks our consciousness okay. lives on. So I don't know if... I, I, I believe atheism is more like... I don't believe in God yeah. or or the devil or I thought any it was afterlife at all though. I'm I honestly don't Cuz my know. dad is atheist. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's just saying he's atheist but doesn't really know what right. that involves. Right. Because I always thought that atheism meant like you don't believe in when you die it's That's over. That's it. You're gone. Yeah. But she obviously specifically believes in I al- guess in in the consciousness living on yeah. living on I guess in some type of way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um coming home and the big night. When my husband and I returned from our trip to La Posada, the activity in our home ramped up dramatically. Most notably, 
the unraveled toilet paper prank happened more often. Now I know you might be thinking that my husband was doing this and I considered that, but it would have been very difficult to pull it off. And he was out of town a lot and the activity activity would happen even when he was gone. Right. I should note that we had one bathroom on the first floor. Our bedroom was on the second floor next to my office. One night we went out to dinner with some friends on a Sunday evening. We got home at around 10 p.m. We were both pretty tired, so we decided to go straight to bed as it was a school night. I went into the bathroom to brush my teeth and get ready for bed. Nothing was amiss. He got ready for bed too, so we turned off the lights downstairs and went up the stairs and he was right behind me. I ran to the bed and jumped in over the footboard at the exact moment I landed, the television turned on. It was on some obscure channel that we had not been watching. We had watched SNL the night before. Not only was it on a different channel, but it was playing an old scary movie I remembered watching as a kid called Don't Look Now. I couldn't believe it was playing. I hadn't seen it in many years, but my husband didn't care about the movie. He wanted to know how I had turned the television on. I said I must have landed on the remote and he started looking around for it. And so did I. Then he told me not to bother. He pointed to his nightstand and there it was a good 15 feet away from him and about six feet away from me. I knew he didn't turn it on because our TV was a piece of shit and the on off button uh if it was on the box was well hidden enough that I had never laid eyes on it there was a plastic flap slash cover at the base of it and I found out later that you have to reach in underneath to get to the on and off button weird I know but that's how it was built okay I just used the remote and never really thought about it I asked my husband how he turned it on without the remote but he insisted that he didn't do it and because he didn't have the remote and was nowhere to near the tv um i believed it i believed him Mm -hmm. he was visibly shaken it still hadn't sunk in for me he didn't turn it on and i didn't turn it on it was on a different channel i could only surmise it must be some electronic malfunction and i blew it off he didn't I grabbed the remote and studied it for a few minutes trying to find a stuck button or some logical explanation, but it looked fine, and I used it to turn off the television. My husband had terrible PTSD from his days in the military, and he said that somebody must be in our house. He decided to do a full sweep and started to head downstairs. Not being a total moron, I told him that I would come with him. Mm -hmm. On our way out of the bedroom, I tossed the remote onto the bed. When we walked into the kitchen, we were shocked. I know. I don't know yet. I know, but I know. Any, like, I just think of paranormal activity oh. whenever. Okay. I, okay. All the lights were on and all of the cabinets were open. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Immediately no. Immediately no. I've seen what I need to see. That is the name of this episode. Immediately no. <laughs> he was starting to really freak out well no shit and so was i i now agree that somebody must be in the house but remembering the toilet paper incidents my mind started to think it might be something else we left the kitchen and i went into the living room the light was on in there too and the chandelier was swinging wildly Fuck this i had never seen anything like it I went over to it and reached up to stop it from moving, and as I reached up, I felt a buzzing sensation in my body, kind of like static electricity that could have been my nerves, but to this day, it remains the strangest sensation I have ever had. We decided to continue through the house, and he said he was going to check out the basement. No. I mean, he thinks there's a person in it still, so fuck, because he has PTSD from the military. For sure, for sure. We walked down the hall to the basement door, and I told him to hang on because we had walked past the closed bathroom door, and I wanted to see if someone was in there. I cracked the door open, turned on the light, and saw that the toilet paper was once again unrolled in a chevron pattern across the floor. I quickly shut the door. My husband opened the basement door and started to go down the stairs when he let out a yelp. Then, quickly, did an about face and came right back up again. He was pale and shaking and said something cold had just gone through his body. He was really upset and had I had never seen him so frightened. We only had one more room to go, so I told him I would go in by myself. It was our guest bedroom, and it was just a few feet down from the basement door. I would know. Mm -mm. I reached over to turn the knob and all of the door hardware fell out. 
I was left holding a doorknob, staring at the floor where everything else had fallen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know why. At this point, like, it could be somebody breaking into your home. That's where someone who's a skeptic would think. Sure. Is happening. Sure. Anyway, yes, continue. As a, as a privileged white woman at this point i'd be calling the police one thousand i'd be like there's someone in my home yeah i would not continue to investigate i'd be outside yeah with my cats yeah and cody crane who decided to <laughs> drop by to take no a- the police would find cody crane in the basement it's true <laughs> practicing hot cross buns cat on a recorder cody crane <laughs> cat burglar cody crane Oh god, I just pictured him in like a cat suit, yeah. like prancing or like <laughs> trying to be stealthily like move through your home. <laughs> this just in Cody Crane will be wearing a catwoman costume. <laughs> oh <my laughs> He's cosplaying Catwoman. Oh, okay. Shit. okay. <laughs> I do not know why, but that was probably the most jolting part of it so far for me. I mean, you don't know why. You put your hand on a doorknob and all the shit fell out of it after you saw a chandelier swinging wildly, toilet paper in a pattern on your floor. Well, your cupboard's open. Your cupboard's all open. Your TV's on. Your TV's on. Anyway. God, the electricity is going through the roof. Okay. How could all the hardware have been loosened just enough to fall when the door was turned? Someone had to be able to manipulate it just enough to stay on, but also enough that it would fall when the knob was twisted. Mm -hmm. When the door opened, nothing in the room looked off. So we decided to go back to our bedroom to try to calm down and get some sleep. I would not be sleeping. I don't know how you could calm down and get some sleep after that. I would not be sleeping. Uh, He was behind me as we went back upstairs and when we walked into the bedroom, the TV was on again. Oh. I know I turned it off and I know he had not been in the room since we left it. He had been in my line of vision the entire time. Whatever had done all the stuff downstairs had been in our room again. I went to the bed to get to the remote, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I... Looked around the room, looked in the drawers under the bed, pulled the covers off, but found nothing. My husband thought I might have taken it downstairs, so we reluctantly decided to go back down to look for it. I guess we could have just unplugged the TV, but I wanted to know where the remote was. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He walked out of the room, and as I was following him, I caught sight of something shiny in the cat litter box. (laughs) It was a covered box, but the light was hitting something metallic. So I went over and took the cover off. It was the remote. Okay. Yep. My TV remote was buried in the used litter box. After everything else that happened this night, this put me over the top. Someone was clearly having fun scaring us and they were there right now and I couldn't see them. It was less of a fear of ghosts than it was a fear that came about from knowing that I was visible to someone who was not visible to me. Mm Mm-hmm. That was it for the night. Uh, And we went to bed without further incident. Not that I slept a whole lot. Other miscellaneous incidents. Another time I remember going to my office, also upstairs, and getting this feeling like someone was with me in the room. My husband was on yet another business trip, so I was sure there were no other humans in the house. First of all, if my husband was going on business trips and shit like this was going down, he would not be going on business trips anymore. Or we would be moving. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be dealing with that alone. If it was, if my person was someone who had to go away constantly, I wouldn't want to be. I mean, by the sounds of it, she's she's okay with it. Like she's. I'm just saying, for me, no, personally, personally, you can do you, but personally, I would not be able to handle it. Right. The house was in this housing market. You never know what they can. (laughs) Tell me about it. That's true. (laughs) The house was very quiet, and I just had this strange feeling. On a lark, I said, if you are able to hear and understand me, please go do the toilet paper thing. I'll give you a few minutes before I go downstairs to check. That will let me know if you are real or if my husband is pranking me. After five minutes or so, I went down to check and you probably know what happened. I opened the door and the toilet paper was laid out in a chevron pattern across the floor. Again. So now I was alone with an invisible someone and I knew that whoever this was could understand me and communicate with me. I still have no idea if he or she was there all the time or just popped in for mayhem once in a while. It's not like something happened every day or even every week, but enough happened at that house to change my entire worldview. 
other yeah. people. What? Sorry? Other people. Okay. The new section. Okay. I will add to this post that I had a housekeeper come every week. And one time I was outside gardening when she came over. My husband was out of town. About an hour went by and she ran outside looking panicked. She asked if I had been inside and I told her I hadn't. When I asked her why she wanted to know, she said that she and her sister had been upstairs cleaning the bedroom when they heard the utensil drawer in the kitchen open and slam shut over and over again. She thought that someone had broken in because I'm a very chill person and she didn't think it was me. I then decided to tell her. When I did, she just said, oh, that makes sense now. We wondered if that was what was going on. Apparently, my ghost liked to play pranks on her, too, but she was accepting of it, and she said that in Mexico, it wasn't a big deal like it is here in the USA. (laughs) She still works for me 20 years later. Okay. My last public story. My husband passed away at the age of 42. Oh. Mm -hmm. His PTSD and depression got the best of him, and it turned out that his family has alcoholism. His father and uncle also died of it, and his two brothers and sister very nearly did as well. It's very traumatic for me, and people don't understand that alcoholism is indeed a disease. In fact, it's over 70% genetic. People with alcohol addiction have a different reaction to alcohol, and even brain scans can show this, but that doesn't stop people from being unkind and telling me that he did it to himself. That's awful. People love to blame. They just love it. And those same people often do not like to read or learn. That's very true. My husband was a brilliant engineer. He served his country. He saved animals. And he loved me with all of his heart. And he died. Mm -hmm. A year after he passed, I took a weekend trip. And someone hitched a ride from my house to my friend's cabin, which was a five-hour drive away. About halfway through the drive, I was crying my heart out. My mind was going to a very bad place. I had no children and no family to speak of. My husband's family blamed me for his death and refused to speak to me. I was utterly alone, save for my animals, and they were the only reason I wanted to stay alive. So two and a half hours into my drive, crying my eyes out, I smell something very familiar. It was cat urine. Oh my God. So sorry. (laughs) Oh no. It was not a faint odor like a cat had peed on something in my bag. It was overwhelming. At first, I thought maybe the sun had warmed up the luggage and it was on the luggage, but it was not that. I pulled everything up to the front seat and there was nothing that was making the scent. I couldn't have been in the car, or sorry, it couldn't have been in the car itself because the cats hadn't been in the car except when they were in a carrier to go to the vet. But the sudden and overwhelming nature of the odor made me remember La Posada when the perfume was all over our room. I started to giggle. It had to be my husband. We talked about cat pee every day. (laughs) We had to clean it from somewhere in the house every day. Oh my goodness. We had several older cats who we loved dearly and it was the price that we paid. But nobody else would have known that this was the only smell I would associate with him. Could it have been the ghost in my house? Perhaps, but the activity had really diminished in the last several years. I really thought it was him and that he was trying to get me to stop crying and to stop my suicidal ideation. I rolled all my windows down and after 10 or 15 minutes it cleared. I started talking to him like he was there. I felt better and the second half of my drive was far easier. I was following some other friends to the cabin and I saw they had turned into a driveway. I pulled up behind them and then boom, the smell was back in full force. I ran out of the car and told them I would be a few minutes and would meet them inside. I then spent about 10 minutes going over every item, every bit of upholstery, even every bit of the outside of the car. I could not find a source. By the time I was done, I just said, please make the smell go away for now. And it dissipated as quickly as it had come. I went into the cabin and the owner showed me to my sleeping area, not a room exactly, but a corner on the second floor with a nice bed. I started to open my suitcase and the smell came back a third time. Oh my goodness. I told the owner that I would be a few minutes and he left before it became really strong. I whispered, not here, and it went away again. This was incredibly healing, but I couldn't explain it. The next day, we all had breakfast and went on a hike. When he, or sorry, when we got back, it was time for lunch. So a couple of the guys went into the kitchen and brought food out to the patio. The cabin is on a large 20 plus acres plot of land and there are no visible neighbors. We ate and then everyone became quiet. 
We were all staring off into the distance, each seemingly lost in our own head. One of my friends said, I miss Paul. Others chimed in and we all started to get teary. I was trying my best to hold it together when it happened again. Boom, the smell of cat urine was overwhelming like it had been the first time in the car. By the way, the patio was quite a distance from where I had parked and there was no wind. I said nothing. I was starting to wonder if it was all in my own imagination when another friend exclaimed, it smells like a goddamn litter box. No, that's funny. I was going to, that was going to be a question. Did anybody else yeah. smell it? And then the, and then asked the owner, do you have a cat? He said he didn't. Everyone said that they smelled it though, except for the owner who had been ill and had a very diminished sense of smell. But the rest of us, the rest of us could smell it. Mm-hmm. One of the guys there said it must be a bobcat. Uh, and he got everyone to, to go inside to check for one. I stayed outside. I knew there would be no cat, no yeah. bobcat, no anything. I had the first genuine smile on my face that I'd had in years. He still existed. Aww. And that was that was the end. That was really good. Story facts, not fox. That was that was a good one. I know. Husband cat pee smell. 42 is really young. So young. I know. I know. But like, that's funny. And like, kind of makes sense that she thought that he was playing pranks on her if that was like something that he would have done. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. His personality is kind of showing in that. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, um, that's. That's our first episode back together yeah, again. Wow. Holy moly. How did it feel? Uh, like, like riding a bike? Like time had never passed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it's because we talk like Every four day. times a day yeah. <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> So it's almost like we do a podcast every day, but it's yeah. just not recorded. Yeah. It's mostly just us ranting about mm-hmm. something. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all right. So cool. uh, thanks. Thanks for joining for us on this episode. In. And, you know, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah. Stay spooky. Bye bye. Goodbye. <laughs> and donate to us on Patreon. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 